Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn to Romans 10. We're going to just briefly go over a few things to set uh, the stage here for what we're going to say. Okay, in Romans 10 and verse number 8, it says, But what saith it? Now, I want you to notice here that it, again, is faith. What saith it? In other words, faith says something. Faith is not quiet. Faith is not passive. You know, there's not anything more that I do not like is a passivity. Just, oh, whatever, just, you know, whatever, just... Whatever's thrown out there, I'll just grab it. It'll be a bone. I'll just grab it. No, we don't need to be passive. We need to be aggressive in our faith. And so it's very interesting how it's worded here. But what saith faith? How does faith talk? What does faith say? And he says, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And here he tells us the Bible is called the word of faith. I don't like faith teaching. Don't talk to me about faith. Talk to me about something else. Well, if you don't like faith, then you don't like the Bible. And if you don't like the Bible, then you don't like Jesus and God the Father of the Bible. You can't do away with faith. You can't please God without faith. You can't get anything without faith. The Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How do you seek the Lord? You seek Him through His Word. That's how you seek Him, because He is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. He is the Word. And when you seek His Word, you are seeking Him. And when you seek, guess what happens? You shall find. That's really the truth, isn't it? Okay, so he says here that faith says this, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. So here it's talking about faith is in two places. Your faith is incomplete if it's not in these two places. Where is that? In your heart and in your mouth. Everybody say that. Say, faith is in my heart and in my mouth. Well, let's say it together now. Faith is in my and in my That's right. That's where faith is. If you don't have faith in your mouth, it's not complete faith. If you just have it in your heart, it's not complete faith. If you just have it in your mouth, it's not complete faith. People just, you know, uh, will just say just a bunch of empty words that has no heart belief to it. And many times you can detect that. But now let me tell you this. It's not horrible to do that because if you will keep saying it, maybe it'll drop down into your heart. Okay? So at least do something, but it isn't complete until it's in both places. And many times we don't realize that. We just say, well, I have faith. Well, if you have faith, then you'll be talking about what you have faith for. And that's really the truth. It says this in verse number 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart... 
that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So that's how you get born again. That's how you get into the kingdom of God. Now listen, the way that you get into the kingdom of God is how that you live within the realm and the scope of the kingdom of God. You see, you don't get in that way and then stop and go to another method of receiving from the Lord. You continue that process as long as we're on this earth. You believe it with your heart, what God has said. All right, now let's continue on here. And it says, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto... Now here it says salvation. But I want you to understand again, receiving from the Lord, this is the principle, you receive anything from the Lord. I don't care if it's, you know, your family situation. I don't care if it's your job, your finances. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, what's going on with your kids. I don't care what it is. This is the way that you receive it. And it says that you're, with the mouth, confession is made unto. So your confession is made unto your deliverance. When things are tight financially, when things are restricted, with your mouth, confession is made unto a loosing of whatever you need. You see, you believe that in your heart because you see it in the Word of God. You get the promises that God has told you already. You see it in the book, and then you begin to speak it out of your mouth. Confession is made unto your prosperity. Confession is made unto your healing. Confession is made unto whatever it is that you need. You can put it in there. You can put it in that blank space. What Every one of us tonight, we have a need in our life. And we need to be speaking something out of our mouth. Well, does it need to be doubt and unbelief? No, because the Bible says that doubt, unbelief, not trusting God, not believing what God has said is evil. You say evil, how can that be evil? Well, that's exactly what he told the spies. You remember the story. He said they brought back an evil report. What was the evil? The evil was they didn't believe what God had said. And he said that's unbelief and it's evil. But see, we don't see that as evil. We think cursing is evil. You know, we think witchcraft is evil. But I'm telling you, unbelief, he said, is evil. Why is it evil? Because it keeps people from receiving the blessings of God. And God doesn't like that. It separates people from the Lord's blessing, from his provision, and he doesn't like that. And he says it's evil. And so we need, need to put away evil speaking. Put it away. Put it behind us. And don't continue walking in that realm. Can you say amen? Some people say, well, you know, that just sounds too easy. Well, I'll tell you what, it isn't easy. What's easy is to let your mouth just run. What's easy is just to let let your mind run. That's what's easy. That's what's comfortable. That's what your flesh likes. But it takes discipline. It takes discipline to read the Word of God, appropriate the promise, and speak it out of your mouth. You don't feel like speaking it. You don't feel like it's going to come to pass. You don't see anything that is different. But by faith, you receive it and you speak it. Some people say, well, you know, I'm just not going to talk about it. Look up here at me. 
I'm not going to talk about it if I don't see it. Well, that's when you need to talk about it. Because if you see it, why do you need it by faith? You don't. You don't need to have any faith if it's here in appearance before you. You need it when it's out there in that spiritual realm to go out and get it. And your faith that's in your heart and in your mouth, see, faith is in two places, will bring that to you. It will bring it to you. Will it bring it in a week? Will it bring it in a month? Will it bring it in a year? I don't know how long it takes to bring it. That's not up to you nor me. That's up to God. Abraham, he was not weak. Now listen, he was not weak in faith, was he? No, he wasn't. He wasn't weak in faith, and though it took 25 or so years for him to receive a promise that God had given him, he was not weak in faith, and he did not, listen, stagger at the promises of God. I'm telling you, there's Christians today are staggering. They're like drunk men, tottering, tossed about, back and forth and back and forth. But we don't have to be that way. And we don't have to be weak, do we? We can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that happens with, when we are in union with Him. Amen? So this is a great promise here. And the Bible says that confession is made unto whatever it is that you need in your life. And it doesn't matter whether we like it or whether we don't like it. This is the way of the Lord. And we need to just accept it. And we need to walk in that. Can you say amen? So now faith is in two places. Tell me where it is. In your heart and in your mouth. That's exactly right. Now, I want to ask you something today. Have you ever saw yourself in the Word of God? Have you ever on purpose picked up the Bible to read it so that you could discover who you are? God wants you to know who you are. And he set a great example through Jesus' life. Jesus was able to look into the Bible and find himself among those scriptures. And once he found himself in the scriptures, he believed it and he began to speak it. Don't you know that that's true? I am the door. I am the way. I am the life. I am the light. Didn't Jesus say all those things? He said that about himself. Well, where did he get that? He read it in the Scripture. I want you to take your Bible now, and I want you to turn to Luke 4. Luke 4. In verse number 16. And it says this, And it came, he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. You see, Jesus had a, a, a custom. He had a habit. He went to the synagogue. We as God's people, we need to have habits and we need to have customs. And our custom, one of them needs to be that we go to the house of God. And the Bible says that he went in there and he stood up to read. You see, uh, uh, it was rude uh, uh, to 
to sit down and read the scripture. You had to stand up to give reverence to the word of God. And you know, we can learn something from that. We need to give reverence to the word of God. It's not just another book. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, ink on the pages. What it is, is the living word of God. And we need to have reverence for it. And I believe if we have reverence and respect for it, when we see something in it, we will honor that. We won't take it lightly. We won't just shrug it off as something old or, oh yes, I know that. You could be sitting here today, uh, tonight, and maybe, you know, you've heard these scriptures that I'm uh, uh, talking from. Well, I've heard that before. Well, you know, it's just that kind of attitude. Uh, if you've read the Bible, you've read all of it then. You've, but there's lots of revelation that you haven't had, and there's lots of revelation that you and I will get even through things that we've seen over and over again. We have to reverence the Word of God. And when it is read and when it is presented, we need to be ready to receive it, not sit there in boredom, not sit there yawning, not sit there, you know, like we can't wait to get out. We need to be excited. We need to be ready to receive. You see, Jesus reverenced that word. And it goes on to say, he stood up to read. And then there was delivered unto him the book of Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now, I want you to look at that. It said, he found the place where it was written. In other words, he just didn't go in there. Well, let's just flip this book open today and see what my promise is. You know, I've done that before and God has really spoken to me. But that's not how we live our life. You know, he said it, he went to the book and he found the place where it was written. He was looking for a specific thing when he went to the Bible. He wanted to see what the Scripture said about him. And you know what? You and I need to reverence the Word of God, and we need to look for the Scripture where we can find it written about ourselves. Things that God says about us. Things that will bring victory. And drive out defeat. Things that will bring success and drive out failure. You, maybe every person in your family has been a failure. Maybe they haven't accomplished anything. But I want to tell you, you have a new family. You're in the family of God and there is no failure in his family. He will not give up on you. Don't you give up on yourself. He will not give up on you. He's long-suffering and he's patient. You may uh, do things and, and, and mess things up, but thank God he doesn't give up on you. And he can take failure and turn it around. I like the scripture in Corinthians that says, uh, you may knock me down, but you cannot knock me out. And if we have that attitude... Yes, we may have uh, uh, setbacks that come here and there in our life. But you can't keep a God, Word of God believing, Spirit-filled Christian down. Did you hear what I said? You cannot keep us down. Why? Because we know that faith will move mountains. And we know that faith is in our heart and faith is in our mouth. And we'll begin to address that attack. We'll begin to address that failure. We'll begin to address that defeat and speak God's word because we're going to find where it's written about us and speak it out and God will bring deliverance. Because listen to me now, his word will not return void. 
What does that mean? It's, it means that whatever he sends it out there to do, it's going to accomplish it. Well, my case is too hard. The things that are going on in my life are too difficult. That's a lie of the devil, and don't you speak it out your mouth and receive it deep down in your heart. It's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. There is nothing too difficult for God, and all things are possible to him that believes. And you've got to believe. What do you believe? Well, I just believe. You know, I believe a little bit of Hinduism, and I believe a little bit of uh, uh, this one, a little bit of that one, all the occults and New Age and everything. Just mix it all in there together, and that's what I believe. You're a mess if that's what you believe. There is one God. There is one God. There's a lot of idols out there, but there is one God. He is Jehovah God. He is Jesus Christ the Lord. He said, I am the way. And no man comes unto the Father except what? By me. So it doesn't matter what anybody tells you on anything. Don't Look, this earth is goofed up. This world is a mess. This world uh, 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 just has all kinds of beliefs. And if you're not careful and you don't stay grounded in the Word of God, it will cause you to start doubting yourself. You know, I can only take so much of the news. I want to be informed, and I want to know what's going on. But I can only take so much of that bad news. I got to have a, a, a double serving of the good news when that hits me. Now, I don't want to be in the dark, and I don't want to be ignorant about what's going on in the world because we, if, if we know some things, we can pray. We can, and God wants us to be the salt of the earth. But at the same time, if that's all you listen to, I'm telling you, when I get around you or anybody, any other Christian gets around you, all that's going to be pouring out is all of that junk. The Word needs to be pouring out of us. You know, I can tell when I get low in the word. Can you tell when you do? I can. And you know, I just have to pull away. I have to pull away and I have to on purpose get me a preacher that preaches faith. I don't need to hear, uh, you know, other things. I don't need to hear a message on prosperity at that time. I don't need to hear a message on healing at that time. I need somebody that is going to put faith in my heart through the word of God. And we're all that way. And you see, I I think that's what happened this morning. I believe that God gave a great big helping of faith and splatted it out there on your plate, and you can have it if you want it, or you can reject it. It's up to you. I choose to receive, don't you? Amen. Praise God. Okay, so here we can see that... um, The book was delivered to Jesus, and he was looking, and he finally found where it was written, what he was looking for, and this is what he was looking for. He was finding himself in the Scripture. In verse number 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, my, I bet they thought he was arrogant when he said that, didn't he? I bet he did. I bet they did. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus became sin for me that I might be made. Oh, that will infuriate some Christians. Who are you to say that you are righteous? 
I remember when I first started receiving from the Word of God and understanding what Jesus had done for me, that great exchange, how he took all the, you know, the, the evil and, and, and things that are contrary to what he wants, and, and we were able to receive all the promises of God. I remember when I began to receive that, and I began to speak that out of my mouth, and I would have people, you know what they'd say about me? They'd say, well, she just is full of pride. She, she thinks she knows everything. What, what is she trying to be? A little Jesus? That's exactly right. I am imitating Jesus. I am imitating my Father. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. You see, but people don't like it when you start saying what God says about you. But are you going to let somebody cheat you out of what God has given you? Are you going to let somebody take from you your inheritance? Are you going to let somebody take from you your effectiveness in the kingdom of God? Every one of us in this room tonight, we have a job to do for the Lord. We have a service to do for the Lord. We have people that God wants us to touch that nobody else may, may not touch unless we do. And unless we believe that, unless we believe we have a mission from God, unless we believe it in our hearts and speak it out of our mouth, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. When we begin to speak out of our mouths after the Lord gave us a word, now listen to this. The Lord gave us a word. It was a, the word of God, a rhema word, to come from California back to Knoxville and start a church. And we began to speak that. I want to tell you, there were people that tried to talk us out of it. They tried to talk us out of it. And you see, let me tell you, when God puts something in your heart, when it's legitimate, I'm not talking about something that you conjure up or, you know, you get out of your mind. I'm talking about what the Spirit of God gives to you. And when the Spirit of God gives it to you, people will not like it because they are jealous, because they are envious, because they, if, if they can't have it, they don't want you to. And even if they can't have it, they still don't want you to have it. Now, why are people like that? Because they're humans and because they need Jesus just like we do. They need Jesus just like we do. But see, when you have the Word of God, whether it comes from this Scripture or it's a word like God gave to us, go to Knoxville and start the church. You see, that when, when God spoke that to us, drop down into our spirit was a faith to do that. And we begin to speak it. We're going to Knoxville. We're going to start this church. God is in, that, in this. He has called us. He has anointed us. We don't know who because we don't know any people there that might want to be a part of it. We don't have a building. We don't have money, but we have a word from God and we can stand on the word. And here we are today. Here we are today. But see, if you listen to people that try to talk you out of the Word of God, try to talk you out that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are not a sinner anymore, that Jesus took your sin, that you might be made righteous, and you let people talk you out of that, see, you lose out on what God has for you. We don't want anybody in this body, in this fellowship, losing out. We want you to have the fullness of what God has for you, to experience the fullness of that. 
Now listen here, he says again, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Jesus did not come to preach the gospel to people who were smug, who thought they had everything and didn't need anything. He came to the poor. And that word means needy. Jesus came to the needy. I don't know about you, but I need the Lord. Do you? I'm a needy person. I'm a needy person. I need him. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance uh, to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, go down here in... um, Verse number 21, and he began to say unto them, now listen, he found, he looked for this scripture, he found himself in it, and then he said, this is me, this is what I say. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, he said, this is what, God has said about me, this is what I am sent to do, and I am doing this, and I will continue to do this. This is who I am. Some of you may not know who you are. You may not know who you are. You may think that you're just this plain and simple person. You may think that you're just a person, you know, just kind of ordinary. You don't have much charisma. Maybe you don't have much uh, 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 power or, or force in your life or anything. You're just plain. But you see, you need to find yourself in the Scripture. And not that you are anything of yourself. That's not what I'm saying. Because without him, we surely are nothing. Do you understand me? So I'm not talking from pride because God will listen to a humble person, a humble spirit. But it is not humble to deny what God says about you. Do you understand? That is not humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. What is his hand? The word is an extension of him. That is his hand. You humble yourself under the word of God to be obedient to the word of God. In other words, it says that he became poor, came to this earth and became poor that we might be made rich. You have to humble yourself there. Lord, I just thank you that you took poverty, that I don't have to have it. It may look, here I am, I'm living in a place that's less probably than what a child of God ought to live in. Maybe you're in a housing project. Maybe, you know, you're just in a bad neighborhood or whatever. But I want to tell you, you can humble yourself and say, I'm rich through Jesus Christ. He has made me rich. You see, that's true humility. That's really true humility, humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. But here, again, now look at this. Jesus went to the book and found himself 
he found the words that were spoken about him, and he said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. In other words, I received that, that's me, and I'm going to have it. See, he just didn't have it in his heart, but he had it where? In his mouth. Faith is in, let's say it together, faith is in my heart, and faith is in my mouth. You see, it's in two places. Faith is in two places. Two places. And you need to know that, and I need to know that. Amen? And so when we find in the Word of God the promises that uh, relate to us and our uh, walk with the Lord, then we need to believe it in our heart, and we need to speak it out of our mouth. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Maybe you just did something five minutes ago, but you confessed it and got it under the blood, and you're not out here just uh, habitually sinning. You understand what I mean? Just, well, God will forgive me, so I'll do it. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about a person who stumbles and sins. Five minutes after they do it, they confess it. The blood washes them from all unrighteousness, and you can get up and say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I've been in places, you know, in times where I was going to go minister. And I'm telling you, invariably, my children, one of them, may just make me so mad that I am not kidding you that I could just spit nails. Have you ever been there? I mean, they could just do something. Here they know I'm going to minister, but you know, they're kids and kids are kids. My kids are like your kids. And they just make me so mad. And I might say something and just yell at them or do something ugly, you know. And, and, you know, I may have to go back and say, well, you know what? I shouldn't have said that that way. I shouldn't have acted like that. You're not acting right, and you're not doing right either, but I shouldn't have done that, and I apologize to you. And then I confess it to the Father. Father, just forgive me and help me to be a patient mother. Help me to be, Lord, you know I've got to go preach. You know I've got to go minister to those people. Help me, Lord, help me. I've been there many times. You know, when I get up, it's an act of faith. <laughs> you know, raising kids can be that way. It, it really can be, amen? It can be that way. But I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We need to put things in our mouth like, with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation or deliverance. Listen, the enemy is great at coming to people painting pictures for them, putting things in their mind. I know, I've lived it out myself. He'll paint a picture to you. He'll show you laying out in the casket. He'll show you, you know, your funeral. He'll show you people coming to your funeral. How many of you know that's true? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Or, you know, you'll get a sickness, and, and you know, first thing you know, well, you know, that's going to kill you. It's going to take you to this stage, and then you're going to go to that stage, and then you're going to go to this stage, and then to that stage. No, I see myself in the Word. I find out where it is. Look, don't rely only on your memory. You go to the book like Jesus did. You open it up. You find the place where it says, by Jesus' stripes, I am the healed. If you have to do it 75 times or more, do it. You do that with long life. Will you satisfy me? 
and show me your salvation. I tell you, he'll paint a picture of you. You'll have a, a problem come up in your marriage with your wife or your husband. And the next thing you know, your mind is, well, you know, this is going to lead to divorce. I knew, you know, it was ne- we were never going to make it. And I knew my husband really doesn't love me. And here you go, here you go, here you go. It's in your mind, drops down to your heart. You start speaking it out and you give license to the enemy to move in your relationship. That's really true. You, you say, I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe the Bible then. The Bible says, take no thought by saying it. You might have a thought, but it doesn't become yours until you speak it out of your mouth. It's not yours. It's not your thought until you take it. When you take something, you know, Beth, tonight, if I handed you my glasses, you would take them. That means you would receive it. Well, that's the same way we do thoughts. Thoughts come, but they're not yours until you take it. He says, well, would you receive this? Well, no, I wouldn't receive that. Well, would you receive, uh, you know, a heart attack? No, I'm not going to receive a heart attack. Well, would you receive bankruptcy? No, I'm not going to receive bankruptcy. Well, would you uh, uh, receive arthritis? Well, you know, arthritis, I might take arthritis. That's not too terribly bad. Well, it's ridiculous, but you know, sometimes he'll just keep trying until he'll get something that you'll take, that you'll take the thought on it, and then it will become yours. Now, I've got one last thing that I want to do here uh, related to this message, so I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Is everybody listening? Say, I'm listening. Faith is in my heart. And in my mouth, faith is in two places. Okay, I believe that. Okay, I want us, as we look here, uh, to go to verse number 3, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So we're not talking about a fleshly battle here. We're talking about a spiritual battle. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, what we use in the fight that we're in, they are not carnal. They're not what we see. They're not weapons like a gun, a knife, or, you know, a bayonet, or, uh, you know, a nuclear weapon, or any. It's nothing like that. But this weapon here is mighty through God to pull down strongholds. Now, in the Amplified, this word pulling down a stronghold has to do uh, with overthrow and destruction of strongholds. The Bible says that your weapons are mighty through God to overthrow and destroy strongholds. Now, as you read down through here, which we're going to in just a minute you will find that strongholds are not out here on your left and on your right, but strongholds are in those thoughts in your mind. Why in an area like East Tennessee that we live in, why have strongholds been able to hold a a city back in, in many different ways, spiritually, of course, but I don't believe it's just a spiritual holdback. I believe that there are connections there. I believe the progress of our city is not allowed to go on because of strongholds and they exist in the minds of people. And 
We're going to read it where the Scripture says that. But the Bible says that your weapons that you have, and see, I can preach to you, and I can preach, and the Word of God can get out to help pull down those strongholds, and surely it will, because it is the Word of God is a weapon. But once it comes to you, it is up to you what you do in your mind, whether you receive it as the truth or you reject it and go back to traditions, what your grandmother believed, what your mother believed, what this one believed and what that one believed. Look, I'm going to tell you, our parents, you know, in most cases, wonderful people. Our parents loved us, cared for us, but... They didn't know everything. They didn't have the full revelation, just like we don't have it. And our kids will find that out maybe sometime too, you know. So we're not taking away from, you know, our godly heritage. But there are things that come into our life that we need to lay aside. Because they're a weight and it besets us. And you've got to lay it aside if it doesn't line up with the Scripture. But strongholds, religious strongholds, get into a people in a geographical area because it's a mindset. The minds have been set. They have been programmed, if you will, to believe a certain thing is a certain way when it really isn't the truth. I thought that Jesus was poor. I thought that, you know, to be humble... And to really be a a good Christian, you weren't supposed to have anything until I started reading the Bible for myself. Do you hear what I'm saying? Until I looked in the book and I began to see myself in light of the Scripture, and then I said, what in the world? This, This isn't what Jesus said. This isn't what my Father is saying. I had a mindset. I had a stronghold in that area. And the only way you're going to get rid of a stronghold is to allow the Word of God to destroy it, to overthrow it, and then you've got to replace it. You don't pull down the stronghold and leave it empty because you know what the Bible says. It says He's coming back and He's bringing, you're going to increase seven times. It's going to be worse than it ever was. So when the stronghold is pulled down, the word of God, what thus saith the Lord, is put in that place. I tell you, I've heard people say, what good could come out of Knoxville? Well, I tell you, I believe that we are going to have a spiritual awakening in our city. I believe that there's going to come a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I don't expect as a child of God uh, uh, to be here in this city and not have what everybody else in the world is going to have. Now, if you want to be here and miss out on it, that's up to you, but I'm not going to miss it. I'm going to be right in the middle of it. So when anything good come out of Knoxville, well, Jesus is here. His children are here, so there are some good things that can come out. It's not going to be a dead, dried, poverty-stricken city because the children of God are here. And we have found in the Word of God what He said, and we're going to have it. We've got it in our hearts, and we're going to speak it out of our mouth. Amen? 
He, and then he goes on to say, casting down. Now, he says you've got to pull down the strongholds, and you've got mighty weapons to be able to do that. Now, listen, after the strongholds are pulled down, then what do you do? You cast down imaginations. What does this word imaginations mean? It means arguments, and it means rebuttals. Arguments and rebuttals. What are the arguments against? What are the rebuttals against? That's what it says in, uh, uh, you know, the Amplified. What are they against? The promises and the blessings of Almighty God. That's what they're there for, to stop you and anyone who will allow it to happen. But he said, you must cast down those thoughts. Take no thought by saying. Don't receive thoughts that are contrary to what God says about your life, about your situation, about what's going on with you. Just don't take it. But what do you do? Well, just sit passively by? No, you have to say, I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus. And then what do you do? You replace it back. You're going to fail. You're going to get laid off. You're going to go bankrupt. Your children are all going to serve the devil. You know, here, here it is. What do you do? I cast that down in the name of Jesus. I do not accept that. I do not receive that. Uh, great is the peace of my children. And I, will tr- I have trained my children up and they are going to serve the Lord. And uh, if they get out there and get distant, they're coming back. They're returning to the Lord. I am not going to fail. I am not a failure. I'm a success in Jesus Christ. He always causes me to triumph. He makes me the head and not the tail. He takes pleasure in my prosperity. Everything I put my hand to is blessed. You see what I'm saying? It's in your heart. You put it before your eyes, it gets into your heart, and you begin to speak it out your mouth. And you cast down, throw away, hurl away as far as you can get it those thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God. Amen? So you reject the arguments. You reject the rebuttals to the Word of God, and you do not accept it, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is. You know, I, I've seen people, you know, uh, that would come in here uh, into church, and, and, and I mean, really, you know, make a decision. This is my church. This is my family. I'm going to get in here, and I'm going to serve God. And the next thing you know, you know, maybe there's a misunderstanding, or maybe something is preached, and, you know, they'll say, well, they were saying that just to me. They knew what was going on, and they're saying that just to me. Or somebody does something. They're, they're just not uh, the way that, uh, uh, that you think they ought to be in the youth ministry, or, uh, uh, you know, or whatever. It can be so many just goofy crazy things, and we take offense. And the next thing you know, we're out of the place that God has put us. And you know why? Because we listen to the rebuttals, because we listen to the arguments. You know, I had to say this just the other day. Uh, you know, I was trying to, to reach out to somebody and just uh, be kind and uh, uh, that kind of thing, you know. And, and when I did that, it was almost like they slapped me in the face. And you know, there for a minute, I tell you, it just made me mad. I just got mad about it. Do you ever do that? But you know, then it, it, it hit me. 
that's just exactly what the devil wants me to do. That's exactly the way he wants me to act. And I tell you, I, I, I was doing something in the house, cleaning or, or whatever. And I, I just said, I will not take that offense. I will not receive that offense. I bless that person. I'm just going to assume, I'm going to think the best of them. They really didn't know that they were doing that. They really didn't mean to treat me that way. Uh, uh, The Bible says that love thinks the best. And so that's what I say. That's what I choose. I am not going to be offended because I'm going to tell you offense is a seed that is planted in your heart. Once you dwell on that and think on that, and what happens? You just get madder and madder and madder. And even if you don't say anything, well, I'm not going to say anything. I've forgiven them. Well, we'll see if you've forgiven them. The next time we see you and you start spewing about that other person, you better believe that you have not forgiven them. It's the truth. Truth hurts, doesn't it? It does me. I just have to take my medicine, and you've got to take yours. That's right. It's really truth. It's a seed planted in your heart, wants to cause that unforgiveness, get some bitterness in there, you know, and a little scoop of this, a little scoop of that, and pretty soon, you know, it's this big conglomeration that we don't even know how in the world that it got in us. But it starts, you know, through thoughts. We got to think the right things, and we have to make ourselves think the right things. We have to cast down the wrong things, cast them down and replace in our minds with the right thing. And then that faith can drop down in our heart and it will come out of our mouth. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do you want to know what's in somebody's heart? Just be around them for about an hour and you're going to find out what's in their heart. But you know what people, what's on people's minds and in their hearts when you talk to them for a little while. And that's why I said, you know, you find somebody, well, I forgive them. I'm not holding that against them. And then when they get around you, now, now I understand that sometimes we get hurt and sometimes we need to talk about things that are going on. I understand that. There are times that I need to do that. But we don't need to gossip and put everybody down. You know, we don't need to do it that way, do we? That's just not the way. That's just not the way. But here he says... Cast down those arguments and rebuttals that are against the Word of God and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, these high things relates to demons. They're principalities and powers. And, and, and these high things will try to impose their will and their desire upon you. But he said, cast those things down. And every high thing that exalts itself uh, against the knowledge of God, and what does he say to do? And bring it into captivity. Every thought, not just one or two. Let a few go by and grab one or two and take care of them. He said, every thought. He said, capture every thought to the obedience of Christ. Obey Christ. Obey the Word of God. Whatever God says about you, that's what you say. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.